Listen, I wanted to invite you to come see me live at my first ever solo show. It's called Rebirth, and it's essentially me doing what I've always done, making sense of my life through the sagas of my favorite superwomen. I've worked very hard on this and parsed through a lot of episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and X-Men comic books. My intention is for every one of us in the theater that night to experience a rebirth together, and I want you to be a part of it. Rebirth is at the historic duplex on Thursday, January 23rd at 7 p.m. Tickets are $10 online and $15 at the door, plus a two-drink minimum. You can find out more and buy tickets at davidgoldberg.online or via my social, at Goldberg Hahn. See you there, moi. They're all here. The divas, princes, and living legends you should be obsessed with. Sitting down with me. I'm David Goldberg. These are the luminaries. She's a diva, prophetess, fashion arbiter, and certainly a luminary. The actor and comedian Mo Fry Pasek joins me to talk about dreams and the deepening of her craft. I hope you enjoy We are about four hours into the eclipse. It is exactly 2 p.m. Um, and I am with Mofrey Pasek. Welcome. <laughs> it sounds like we're reporting to people who might not hear it in the future. <laughs> like We've been here for four hours. Um, rations are getting low. <laughs> I know, and we're in Midtown, so it's yeah. even better. <laughs> okay, wait, keep going with your intro, sorry. Um, I, I, there's no one else I'd rather be in a cell with, uh, under cosmic maelstrom than you. So, um, uh, thank you for being here thank you. and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Okay. I'm okay. Talking, yeah. <laughs> Same. I'm so excited. Um, you know why I think, I think you and I are both aware of astrological potential maelstrom, but also not inhibited by it. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. That's it's not a crutch. No. I, but I do think we have both been humbled enough that we know um, to listen. Yes. Because uh, otherwise we could be flattened. Yeah. Well, what's so funny is like I feel like – sorry. I feel like I'm like the last person to be flattened, but I'm always assuming I'm going to be. But it's that kind of thing where I'm like, I've I done all the work. I'm everything. Where is it going to crush me? And it's like, oh, you did the work, dog. Like, right. you're good. <laughs> Everyone else is getting crushed. I was like, oh, but what? I'm still scared for the shoe to drop. <laughs> it's like, calm down. Okay. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, your return to Saturn started recently, correct? It's starting <laughs> in like two weeks, I think. Oh, for fuck's sake. Right. I know. <laughs> I do. I've been to, been to many a psychic, though, um, because I have Saturn very poorly placed placed in my chart um that said because i pursued discipline and i pursued very difficult experiences on top of having ones that i did not pursue that they believe that i have lessened the impact of the retro of the saturn return yeah i I, you might be like an ariana grande type who's like who had such a really intense saturn square at 25 that by the time you're like getting close to 30 it's like okay it's really that that's what um this guy i saw dr kesh who's like a vedic astrologer like down to the minute to be like well this is gonna happen then which i love because he's so casual about it and when I tell him like something that correlates with it, he's like, I don't care. That's just what your chart said. <laughs> Amazing. And that's what I need. I need someone who's not like divining the future. Yeah. But they're just like, yeah, well, this is if it happens, it happens. If not, something else is up late. Right. I think a lot of uh, what we search for when we are trying to divine the future is like 
when is the thing that's going to kill me going to happen? Yeah. And at some point you realize like one way or another, I, well, everything's going to be fine. Yes. Exa- that's my thing is what what's going to kill everyone else around me so that I'm alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like, dog, like take a step back. You can't control that. Right. I'm, um, I'm going to be moving because I can't afford where I live and I've like got myself in a lot of money trouble mm-hmm. and I am kind of, th- I'm in the final part of the fu- really? Return of Saturn tri- trilogy and this is a big <laughs> part of it of me being like, you'll be fine. Yes. Things will not only be fine, they may even get better one this day. This too shall pass, baby. And like, just fucking, you're just gonna do it and not, yeah, because I think my uh, my usual approach to life is like run and hide um, and then let things like ambush me and kill me mm-hmm. but it, rather than just like face it and like yeah. allow for pain because I think pain means that I'll die yeah totally it, I, I like my favorite thing is these like is w- more commonly in the zeitgeist right now we're, we're giving credence to like this um, hyperbolic fear or you know ultimate conclusion jump that everyone makes of like if this happens then I'll die and instead of being like you're dramatic or like that's too much people are like yeah that was probably really real for you as a kid or like that is a reality it's not true now like we're having more space for that and I'm like phew like people feel more free to express then can I ask you what do you think about especially over the last year the kind of cultural language about the world ending Mm, I've always hated I hated the 12, 12, 12, like whatever that yeah. was. The cultural language around it. Um, I find it very frustrating. I find it relatable and reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of have this like, I have to release my own frustration of just like, you know, focus on your own paper. Like you can't control somebody saying that or doing that. You can just only help, Right. And only exist in the world where I know this world isn't going to end. I know the world as we know it is going to crumble. Yeah. Hell the fuck yeah. And I'm ready to buckle up for that. I know that'll be hard, but ultimately it will shift us from the world paradigm of scarcity to the world paradigm of abundance, right? The patriarchy to the equality-archy, whatever that is. Consumption to harmony. Yeah. And like I'm excited for it, and I know it's going to suck, but you know, thank God for that sadistic quality in me that I'm like, fucking give it to me, coach. Put me in. Put me in the I drills, agree. coach. Yeah. Like, I agree. So I get annoyed, and I have to like step back and be like, that's the reality of their stress. You've been there, too, of like, the world's going to fucking end. Like... But it's just not, and that's the harder part. Yeah, it's weird because anytime I watch a period piece and, like, you know, Abraham Lincoln's four sons died and, like, (laughs) you know, on the crown, (laughs) Prince Philip's, like, sister, brother, mother, and nephews and nieces died in a plane crash. And then I think about, like, our ancestors who, like, emigrated here and, like— you know my everyone who either died in the pogroms or the holocaust or whatever (laughs) and like for most people on the planet like upheaval and death and suffering is like a part of life and i think maybe this is something our generation is having to wake up to right now of just like yeah things are not Mm -hmm. going to um always be the same Mm -hmm. and like eventually things do have to go through radical upheaval and that's just the way things are and yeah I guess I'm seeing a lot of myself in a lot of the language because I do think it's a little egotistical of like and and yeah and it does suck and you just have to deal with it yeah no it's dead on I think we are a result of like the you know 50s sort of Mm. mindset um and we're undoing that because I don't 
I think other generations, years and years and years back, were either told there was never an opportunity, right? Like people of color, mm-hmm. um, any sort of marginalized group. Also, wi- like women, just like mass groups have never had a, like, you can do that, you can have this life. But then there's this period of time where the entire generations are told, you can have this life and this is the life you need and want. Mm-hmm. And so totally. we're, we're kind of like, what? Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, not even suffering was expected, you know? Right. It's like a brainwash, which is its own sadistic. Yeah, and like having a toilet that is single flush anytime you want to use it, all day, any day. Having constant running water, having uh, air conditioning. Well, we also reject that when someone's like, if you have a roof over your head, if you have this, like you should be blessed. You fucking should, right? Right. And it's really easy because we are so ambitious as like a bridge generation. And I'm speaking to Dave and I's generation, you know, whoever's listening, God bless, whatever. The shit if you've made you it are. this far. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, but like it is that bridge generation of like where we almost, almost reject that because we are ambitious mm-hmm. and pushing towards something more. But it is something you have to balance because it's like, yeah, be grateful. Holy crap. Like. You got some. You got a little fucking computer to the world in your pocket, bitch. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, and the government right now is allowing that. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> thank you, thank you, daddy. <laughs> thank you for feeding me. <laughs> so, how were your holidays, and how was your New Year? Um, <clears throat> let me see. Uh, it was a, a learning experience. My my New Year was good. It was. So I got jury duty over. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. Grand, grand. So jury duty. Uh, to educate everyone, you should vote in local elections so we can get rid of grand jury duty <laughs> because it is psychopathic. Like there's that adage that like a grand jury would indict a ham sandwich, and it's not the grand jury; it's the law that would indict a ham sandwich. <laughs> like true. literally, the law is so minimal. That, like to charge someone with like with like assault with a deadly weapon, they actually essentially have to like. At one of them, it was like, well, they actually put their hand through the door, and their hand can be deadly, so that's that's, <laughs> so that's the bad. law. <laughs> and it's like, well, then we have to indict them based off. It's so stupid. Okay. Anyways, grand jury's garbage. You can't get out of it. There's no – everyone's like, don't worry. I'm biased. I'll just say I'm biased. Shut the fuck up. They don't take your biases. Yeah. They take everyone. <laughs> like, anyone I spoke to was like, oh, you should just say, like, you hate people or something. I was uh-huh. shut the I would if I could. <laughs> and you, who is world's best actress, even oh you, like, true, the true insane people that they let serve, mm-hmm. you're never going to stack up to that. Never. Yeah. I remember on the first day, it was like 200 people in the room when they're choosing. Um, and this woman, like, we all already know, like, you just kind of have to serve at some point because you've been called to this even rarer being called to jury duty style. And this woman raises her hand and she was like, um, my daughter, she was, you know, attacked with man with gun. So can I leave? And, and, and genuinely, all of us look, and the guy like running it goes, "I'm so sorry to hear that. No, you can't leave." <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, sit down. It was like this again. This is not like a bias moment here. <laughs> You're just going to get chosen. And you actually had to, like, work. Because we talked about this, but when I had normal jury duty, I, like, read an Edith Wharton novel. Gorgeous. Yeah. You had to, like, actually serve. I think because it was the holidays. We got Christmas Day off. But we had Christmas Eve and, um, uh, like, day after. I think because it was that, all the cases that needed to be heard were going through us. 
So it was just case after case after case. I learned like I could I, like I'm like penal code for, like one five two subset eight like I fucking know it all dog <laughs> like I'm a damn lawyer oh sip for punctuation Dick, Dick Wolf Dick Wolf is listening can right I now. tell you guys okay I'm telling the listeners I've met plenty of celebrities because I'm gorgeous <laughs> no but okay they've met you they've met you though thank you um, so. I used to work as a hostess at Scalinatella up on 60th and 3rd. Okay. Spilling the exact tea. But so people come in, you know, they tip. It's a small room, but they want a like, nice table or whatever. Um, and some people just tip. Like, that's just the way they are. And when I say walking in in a damn Patagonia, handing me, for walking in seven feet, handing me $200 was Dick Wolf. Oh, my 200? 200. And, and he tipped the waiters even better. Like, just for, like, a meal. It wasn't a special occasion. It's just how he operates. I I mean, God forbid some story come out about how evil, knock on wood, how evil Dick Wolf is. But, like, to me, I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's the kind of person I want to be. That's incredible. Oh, my God. And I could see you being that person with, like, gay go-go boys. Like, I can see you <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm going like, to stick in a thong yeah. like 100. I'm going to be like, you look cute. <laughs> Hell, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's here she's here the big spider. I know everyone's like everyone's like grinding close to me all the twinks <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like one at a time boys <laughs> wait how was your holiday um you know actually I was very happy I worked Thanksgiving Christmas and New Year's which oh, is I didn't exactly know you what New I Year's wanted too. nice and I go-go danced on New Year's, and I really, all I've been doing is, like, I've done my best to show up for writing my solo show and then going to my restaurant job, and I did the best I could. Oh, yeah. Energy-wise, it's a big spectrum of humanity, especially in New York. Mm-hmm. And you either have people who are, like, so excited um, to connect or yeah. you have people who are clearly going through it mm-hmm. and you know Christmas in New York City it's like it can be dark yeah uh, but it was very peaceful I've it, it's different than a, a year ago I feel a lot more at peace I feel like I'm not hiding out but that said this year Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur I thought maybe it's over maybe maybe I'm literally being returned to the ground wow. I thought it was I was so sick psychosomatically sick I, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand up for like seven days Aww. so these holidays were fine the Jewish holidays kind of crushed me but I, I assume your holidays this year were also an improvement from last year huge improvement yeah. from last year yeah absolutely um, yeah I like had a lot of healing in my year um, I mean it, it was a nice year of realizing the balance like I've had a I like wasn't speaking my family the year before. This, Same. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like you and I were both in like a darker place, but there's been so much healing this year, and I am. Then there's this also like nice happy medium this year where I was realizing it's like just because you heal doesn't mean everything's done. Like it's like a nice. It was a nice and gentle lesson of like you might get triggered. You're still gonna have frustrations. Like growth and healing is like such an active. My therapist was like. It's like learning to drive in England. Like, mm. you're still going to have some instincts where you're going to be on the right side of the road. It's like, but you can do it. You just have to keep the car on the left side. Mm, definitely. And so I think this year was, like, a very nice um, reminder of growth and, like, it you know, that life is difficult but not impossible. And, it like, the difficulties bring blessings. 
as twee and maybe does that sound? No, I yeah, I feel like um, a lot of 2018 and some of 2019, I needed to be like totally secluded and mm-hmm. isolated and not speaking to a lot of people who are triggering. And now I actually think I can be more in dialogue. Yeah, it but really feels no. like the hard work is done. Yeah, and I can handle conflict is not abuse. Yeah. I didn't know that, but now I know that. But it's, you know, it is those simple things that each person has their own thing that like this equals this because Mm -hmm. of whatever's happened to them at any point in life. And I think you and I um, have conferred, convened, talked about (laughs) this um, outside the pod, but just like we definitely have spent time um, exploring that in ourselves because we want to be in the public space. We want to be helping people and like, you know, doing that hard shadow work before we can be out there whiling so we don't get triggered as hell. So this is something that I've wanted to ask you about because um, you seem to me, correct me if I'm wrong, you seem to me like someone who needs a refractory period. Like some, you'll produce work or you'll be kind of out in the spotlight and then it seems like you you sometimes, and, and often it's been circumstantial, so I'm not <laughs> saying like, oh, you needed to like go be with your family or like yeah. be with a sick relative and that's you like taking a taking space <laughs> in your heart. What I just mean is it seems like you're, you're someone who like, is able to know when you're being called out and who's also able to recognize the call to, like, step back in a little? Sure. I think the uh, impulse more is for I feel when I'm called for the creative uh, venture, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't try and force it or do sets or, like, feel like I need to be seen by people Mm. to, like, you know, like... And, you know, maybe that slowed my growth or whatever, but, like, I know going to comedy shows every night and whining and dining people and going to plays um, is does not serve my personal creativity or my personal desires. Like, it doesn't feel good. It feels like an obligation. And I... <laughs> it really does. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I love my friends so dearly. But, like, I can go a year without seeing a friend if it means, like, we can have a nice dinner together mm. versus, like, you know, like, versus seeing them at shows, passing every, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely have reflective, refractory, refractory. Mm-hmm. Well, you got it. Okay. <laughs> um, periods. Um, and then, you know, that's innate to being a little Pisces. But, yeah, I, I guess maybe it's the same thing, but I view it more as, like, a, when I feel the call, it comes. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. I'm so you have been, I think it's what now, uh, two years that you've been, no, over two years that you've been in um, 
a, a more dr- dramatic production. Oh four years. It's been can you believe four years? Yeah. And this is um, it's called Fifty Fifty Old School Animation. Um, and it's been at Joe's Pub. It's been at um, the public, not at, at Joe's. Public. It's been I'm at sorry. um. No, you're fine. I'm so just... bourgeois. Uh, babe, bourgeois is the Louis Wester where it was. <laughs> 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 um, it was at Shiva at uh, Louis Wester in um, the pub, the public's um, under the radar festival, right. and before that, it was at the Jack Theater in um, Bushwick. Flat. We may never know. We actually. actually never know. It's by a really cool. Uh, Boon, it's by not Buna. It's by Off the Sea Bati, that Ethiopian place. Okay. I would go and eat a lot after every show because I was eating my feelings. And so um, yeah, it's crazy. We've been doing it so long, but it's grown. It's like completely changed. Two years in, we like rewrote my entire part. Um, it is a traumatic play. It's a two-monologue uh, play with Julia Mouncey, Peter Mills Weiss, um, and, I mean, we have so many beautiful, beautiful, wonderful people on the team, like Kate McGee mm. and Eric Profumo, but it's me and Julia on stage, and um, it's, oh my God, it's about a lot. It's a lot about violence. It's a mm. lot about um, misogyny and how that... Um, you know, reflects within and outside of the female body or the female presenting, female identifying person being. And it's like super intense because it also has to do with this like this idea of our responsibility to others and their trauma. And also my character, um, you tend to really either get really, really hate her or really be annoyed by her all throughout and by the time it's too late, you kind of realize that she is this victim of, like, horrible abuses. And then you're like, fuck. Like, oh, I had hatred for her. Maybe there was something in me that saw her pain and hated her. And so I think a lot of people really walk away calling it a horror and calling yeah, it... Yeah, I've heard that. I know. <laughs> it's it's interesting. Like, we worked on it so long to see everyone react to it as, like, a... Like, a, they call it horror. They call it a horror genre. But I think it is because it illuminates a horrific part of ourselves that we'd like to hide. I'm I'm just so curious because a lot of people in my world know you from comedy. And now I know pretty much year in, year out, you've been cultivating this other thing, which is also extremely beloved and you've taken it um, – to other countries and you're going to continue to do that. But um, what that separation has been like for you, what it's done for you, um, what the shift has been like when you've gone from comedic mode, diva Mm -hmm. mode into like haunted, shattered (laughs) um, vessel mode. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so, it's, it's, it's actually, I hate using this word, but it is very brave. Oh, you. you know, because oh, no, you can't nice. rest on one or the other. You really have to like risk it. Truly, without oh, I mean, complacent. No, you're so right, and I appreciate that question because it's it's so funny when somebody's recognized for something. Um, like internally, you have such a you have such a clarity of how you were perceived. Mm. Whereas internally, I'm like, yeah, you all knew I was capable of this. You all knew I was fucking dark and shattered. What? 
And everyone's like, but you're so funny. I was like, right. didn't you see the giant dark orb of cl- like, Yeah, where what? do you think the humor comes from? Yeah, and I, I was like, and I it was almost like in the first year of it, I was like, of fucking course this is me. Like, I've always wanted to act. I've always wanted, like, you, everybody knew, right? Like, everybody right. knew. And it's like, no, dog. <laughs> like, you have to make your intentions clear. And like, and it's like, I'm so used to hiding myself for safety, for survival, and like, and just to like realize that nobody else this whole time has known that this is my dream is like mm. so um, step up to the plate, Morgan. Like, get my full name is Morgan, guys. Uh, insider baseball. <laughs> and, uh, but it's like step up to the plate, Morgan. Like, say what you want, say what you need. Like, it's not enough to just think about it 24 7. So it was very much less so like a, a shift and more so a like, it's go time. Like, okay. And I didn't do comedy during that year because, frankly, and I, I love comedy. I know I'm just inherently a very funny person. This, sorry, you know. Um, <laughs> and no, knows how to make an entrance yeah, and an exit. I love it. Praise be, I better. You know, like, what's the point of having fun in life? You can't do that. And so I think comedy was like a really easy way for me to enter this world um, of creative, of acting, of being on stage without um, feeling vulnerable and feeling like I was showing all of myself because it felt like if I said what I wanted, I'd die, right? Like just what you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. And so if I go in comedy where it's like goofy and I can be big and I, and I know I can be pretty funny or, and at least have some measure of, you know, success. But I, I mean, for years, I was like working off the same jokes. I was like, this works. There wasn't like an impulse in me to like create that much new stuff unless it was with my creator, um, fellow like co-creator Tim Platt, who I think may one day be the one straight male of this podcast because he's b- T- beloved. My God. I'm Adore so, him. I think all the time like how grateful I am. He taught me so much about trust. Like mm. that was a like relationship where like we could create back and forth and I could be myself, which is sometimes really tricky, like triggered and snappy. And he'd be like, what if we did this? I, my control freak would come out like that fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. And he like. God bless that motherfucker. He like held space for that. And like he'd have times that I was able to hold space for. And so we created that felt like felt like the bridge. It genuinely was. So between my comedy and this play, Tim and I would create like these funny sketches, but they were also like I hate to say it, but they were like reflections of people, right? Mm. It's like there would be a couple that's fighting at a dinner table and you'd laugh, but it's like, oh, this was like very real. And um, the reason I got cast in the play is Tim and I had this sketch um, that the creators of the play saw, and they were like, oh, we, ha- we have to have her audition. Be- wow. Yeah, so my, my character in the play sobs uncontrollably at, at one point. Like, fat, snotty sobs, right? And God, that really is your destiny. <laughs> Water <not> sign. <laughs> I know, literally. Cancer rising. Um, and so it Tim and I had the sketch where it's like, it's my favorite sketch. It's so dumb. But we come on stage and we're fighting. I'm like, yes, I am. And he's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. We're fighting back and forth and we're screaming at each other. And he's like, fine, prove it. And so then I turn out to the audience and I start into this beautiful monologue about a relationship where it's like he's left me like cold, you know, when I wake up wanting him to want me. And it's just this devastating monologue where I'm crying so deeply. And like, mm. we do this at comedy shows and I'm weeping on stage. And, and then I look at him and I, I wipe my nose after genuinely like a nine minute monologue. And, um, <laughs> 
Tim put some money down in my hand and goes, okay, yeah, yeah, you proved it. And everyone's like, oh, my God, he's paying her? Like, this is so fucked up. And he goes, you are a better actress than Natalie Portman. (laughs) 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 And it's so dumb. And one, I would never deign to say I was. But two, like, the payoff of, like, is, like, genuinely, like, we're such trolls in that way where it, like, washed over people. Like, what just happened? It was so fun. And, like, I have so much fun doing those sketches with Tim. But the people who cast this play, who had written it, like, um, the first part, saw me sobbing on stage. And they're like, mm, we got her. <laughs> we got our girl. <laughs> and so it was, like, this, this bridge between my comedy and my acting to be seen. This is amazing. Isn't it cool? I feel really, yeah. really fortunate. If, yeah. It's, you know, um, working on this solo show, I've gone through a lot of phases because when it started... I was really afraid to be vulnerable because I kept saying, and I said this to you too, I was like, you know, my biggest fear of doing a solo show is that I come off as like Hannah Gadsby light Mm -hmm. and I just like use things that I know will shock, like trauma, shock, trauma porn. And then, so I was like, we're going to have all this other stuff. We're going to have like these numbers and spells and blah, blah, blah. And as we've been working on it, it's going to be way more simple because at oh. some point you need to just, like, get to it. Like, I've, I've either gone through this place of, like, I need to, like, dazzle the audience so that they, they aren't, like, bored with it or I need to, like, pump them full of trauma and emotion so that there's meaning. And I'm realizing it needs to be something in the middle, which is just do the thing and be honest about it, which is very hard. But that's beautiful. It's it is like what well, I mean is the theme of this eclipse. Like know thyself, be thyself. Mm. Like know what you're doing for others or yourself. Um, I it, that reminds me. My mom always, whenever we were in trouble, my sister and I would like try and be clever, right? Like we'd really try and get out of it. And sometimes we were good at it for like the school or something. But my mom would always come storm me, and she goes, "You can dazzle me with your brilliance, but you can't baffle me with your bullshit." <laughs> And we'd look, we knew we had gotten got, you know, and we're like, fuck. <laughs> I'm thinking about when you do this movie of your life, like who we would cast. Oh my God. For that, like, is that like a Patty Clarkson? Like, there's so, like. Yes, yes. I could see a Patty Clarkson wow. delivering. Big vibes, line. yes, yeah. very much. Like, like dry, like loving, but also like the like airy Gemini vibe. Ooh, yeah, 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 very yeah, much yeah. so. That, that hardness. Yes, but also just like super sensitive in a way like no, not many people understand. Like, it's so Patricia Clarkson, wow. Um, and uh, yeah, so she would always say that and that feels very much what you're talking about where it's like the audience is going to know. Like, mm-hmm. like you, you can either inundate them and then, you know, they're holding space for you which is, uh, you know, putting the onus of the show on them or you can, you know, like try and distract them when they're like, we know there's more to David. You know, yeah, that's like that's a perfect medium you've come to. When I saw you at Spirit Night this year, I felt like you did a really amazing job of like you were able to be diva self and like the you you know you are, which is like movie star, queen, um, next level Charlie. But it wasn't um, it wasn't affected and it wasn't exhausting and it wasn't like a character. It was just like it was you. And then you were able to do Something, I don't want to say sentimental, but like about the past and where there is a lot of emotion. (laughs) And I was just curious about like how you got to that point. 
That's so nice of you to say. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, therapy. You did your talent show. You did yeah. your fifth grade talent show number, correct? I did a number that I pretended it was like everyone in the audience was the members, but I did a, <laughs> I sang it for the Fry family reunion. That's I, for the listeners, I genuinely, as a child, by saying my favorite artist, Tammy Wynette, I sang Divorce and I Don't Want to Play House, which are two songs about like, in like, trauma and like in the home and divorce and I sang them at our family reunion to everyone when I was like I want to say like nine (laughs) (laughs) and like everyone was like she's an ex Shania Twain oh my god oh my god no one was talking about how fucked up that is Uh, and the way you handle that trauma is by wearing leopard print oh absolutely (laughs) I'm like I have to shine bright Mm -hmm. with a little what does she have like that denim like stud at mini I got one of those baby (laughs) um god I love Shania but okay how did I deal with that I did so I mean I was unconventional in that I had some crazy earth shattering experiences in the past couple of years with my family with re- like in relation to my body my sexuality my healing um trauma etc and so like I kind of hit the ground hard and was like no comedy no nothing yeah. fucking therapy bitch fucking question everything Fuck- same yeah and so I mean I don't think everyone either ha- even has the means to do that and I'm really grateful I had a job where I worked from home and like that worked out nicely but Actually, I'm going to correct you there. Everyone has the means to devote whatever they have to sure to to dealing. Sure, everyone has. The, I think the ability, the means, uh, in terms of financial, um, totally, totally. like I was able to do different therapies that are like a little more fringe, a little totally. more that. No, no, no. I get what you're yes, saying. Yes, yes. But I agree. But in and terms there's of like, no excuse for. Well, well, not that. I just mean like it doesn't downplay. Every hour you spent, every dollar you spent, yeah. every every thing you did to to face totally, things. totally, totally. Um, it's not like you were. It's not like you were just like in goop world, like no, money. No, like you God, really no. worked. Oh yeah, so no. Don't downplay that. But sorry. Continue. Oh yeah, sorry. I didn't, sorry, I'm gonna to explain downplay. your. <laughs> I was like, did I downplay? I'm gonna explain you your life and your trauma to you. I was like, I think um, it was pretty terrible. Yeah, the man is talking, <laughs> is telling you, and you're gonna listen. Okay, sorry. Oh, it's so funny. Um, so I think that year helped me be safe to be myself. Whereas before, like being myself, I was like, they probably think I'm faking. They probably think yes. I'm too much. They probably it's like genuinely me when I'm most comfortable is a fucking diva. Like I'm very loving, but like I love to be seen. I love to wear beautiful clothes and make people laugh. Like I fucking love it. <laughs> and, and you know what? Like, I used to judge that a lot and judge that in myself or judge what people thought of that. And I'm coming to – because you saw – oh, my gosh. So Okay. I, yeah. I wanted to bring it up. Oh, okay. yeah. Totally. Well, I'm going to pair those as, like, the, the, the end and whatever. So this – at Spirit Night, I got to sing, which I love to do and I don't usually do. And that felt very myself, very, like, you know, in honoring my younger self. And that was, like – I felt comfortable. Like, my jokes were good. I – was back in a space where I felt creative to write good jokes, you know, because yeah. sometimes that just you're just dry. You don't have them. And you're like, fuck, I guess I'll do this old shit and feel bad about it. But it felt good. And 
David saw me at a time, like maybe a year and a half, even two years before. So it was summer 2018. Oh my God, okay. your brain. I so, love it. Go, go off. Take it away. Take it away. It was summer 2018. I saw you at a Union Hall show. Um, I know which one, but I won't say. And, oh, we don't want to say. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to. Um, I saw you at a Union Hall show. This was during the uh, kind of strawberry blonde era. Absolutely. Thank classically. you. Yeah. And it was, I'll never forget it. It was, you just got up there and you were like, okay, we're not doing this bullshit of like me me doing a set that's obviously outdated. Like I am in darkness now. You are going to come with me and you're going to smile. And you just were so honest and so just like, yep, shit's going down. Yep, there's maybe there isn't a happy ending. And it was funny, but also like... It was dark, oh, yeah. and I know that I was like, okay, what's going on? Because I was like, this is so much better than her, like, pretending everything's okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, a year and a half later at Spirit Night, you had the same thing to me of um, you are all in the audience. You are joining me. I'm not going to do anything to win you over. Like, you just need to sit down and trust me because, like, this is where I am. But I do think what changed was... Yeah, I think maybe it settled a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Well, because I love that because that show I might have just walked away from been like, fuck it, I'll forget it forever. <laughs> Bye, bitch. Uh, but you you did highlight that in a nice way where you were like, dog, like, <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> and I'm like, was it? <laughs> like, I truly was at the point where I did not care. So I'm grateful you illuminated that because it was like, otherwise I would have been like, another one bites the dust. Because <laughs> I was in a space where people were booking me on shows and I didn't want to fucking do them at all, mm. but I didn't know how to say no. And so then I was just like put in these positions where I'd like show up and be like, okay, here's a joke I wrote in 2014. And like, you know, <laughs> it felt like shit. And then nothing, like nothing compelled me to fake it ever, mm. which is like, God, let's hope I, I get that quality That's just for huge. protection <laughs> yeah. at some point. But like, I could not fake it on stage. So I got on stage. I sat on a stool and I was like, anybody depressed? <laughs> anybody want to walk into traffic? <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to. But if I did, I might be okay. And, and I think like my favorite in those moments is like, because I genuinely am joking. I'm not like. I've been there. I've had that feeling. But to even be able to joke about that, you have to be a little bit outside of it. Yeah. And so, uh, but it was so funny because I just walked off like, okay, I did it. I got on stage. I, I, you know, I didn't have to say no to the show and I did it. And you walked up after you were like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. Anytime you do that, I know you told me like Sudi Green and I are there with opera glasses. Oh, like, yes. What's going on? That's so, I mean, Sudi knows me from like a million miles away. Sudi was like, okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> like, it's so perfect. I'm like so grateful to be seen. Um, but yeah, I think the difference was just like, I can't fake it. I mm. can't make it up. And I like got in a space where I was like back in action like I me and Sudi tried to start trying like we start we uh, I host a bi-weekly show bi-monthly it's every other week fuck Victoria's Secrets biannual I think that means (laughs) it's bi-weekly twice monthly whatever Uh, it's I hate that that bi-weekly straight monthly okay um so (laughs) and so and so um 
Like we had tried to start that the year before. Like genuinely, mm. that September we did like a full photo shoot with Sandy Honig, and we had tried to like get it on, get it going, and like we did genuinely did try. Like we'd email venues and stuff, and I think the universe was like, "Girl, you're not ready. Like yeah. you're not ready." And so then, um, like time passed, and then finally, like it felt like I had had like an intense summer of caring for a sick relative and just like going through that and the coming back after like a ma- literal magical trip to Paris that like I got to stay with a friend. It was like, like, so I was like paid for, it was like <sighs> fucking, I felt like Cinderella and coming back from that, then all of a sudden like trying worked out, like we had a venue, it was going to start and I was performing again and it feels like, a little bit out of the chrysalis. It seems obviously trying. Let's just you know be clear. It's always sold out. It's very hot. That's very. You nice. have uh, Arin Sengurai taking hot pictures. Like it. What I have gleaned from an outsider point of view, it seems like it's it's easy to do. Not not in a you're not working, but I just mean in terms of like you said. I let me tell you. I understand when you're like trying to make something work and it's just not so you double down rather than just be like um and you're very, you were you're very good at this of like it's it's not happening <laughs> and then as opposed to when something either timing wise or you rise when things align it's it, you can tell it's so easy it isn't you know what i mean you're not um you're not Forcing it. Clawing. Yeah. No. So it seems like the show, to me, I'm sure it isn't every minute of every two weeks that you do it, but it seems kind of like a pleasure and not like... <laughs> no, you're dead on. Yeah. I mean, there's two things that go into that. One, Lauren Mandel is literally the best producer in all of New York City. Imagine. Produces Club Coming, produces Dad. She produces, wow, like, wow, wow. at NBC, she produces, like, shows. Like, this bitch... Iconic Capricorn does it all. Oh, you need them. Yes, like she and she gets us. Like she makes sure the mics are there. She makes sure the invites are out. She makes sure that there's drink and like to be able to have someone that covers the logistics as a performer. I'm like, phew. Yeah. Like I'm no longer like dragging people. Like, right. but also you're so right. Like I just I guess all the like practice right as a comedian as a performer. Like you just have to remind yourself like oh I'm a professional. Like fuck. And I think trying has really reminded me, like, oh, yeah, I know how to work a room. Mm-hmm. And I think that's with anybody. with practice. Like, my friend's a soul cycle instructor, and, like, they were in a play recently. And I was like, hey, you know how to fucking, like, run a room. Yeah. Like, you, you do that every day. Yeah, that, you just, you have that gift. Yeah. It, it, that's not something that you need to, like. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, that's, like, yeah. you got that. Like, that. forget about that part. And so I think I, I trying has helped me remember that. And so, like, all three of us, me, Sudi, and Bowen, like, have genuinely so much fun that's what it should be (laughs) and i it's it's yeah it's really that's something i'm really loving about getting older is like i guess i always would feel really a lot of anger about things that came to me easily and things that didn't and Mm. when things came to me easily rather than just being like oh, well, this is great. I might as well work this. I was just like, this isn't what I want the world to know me for. It's this hard thing that I'm having to climb up. And and I still go through that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, even this week, like uh, a a former, a luminary guest star asked me to interview her, Chani, for part of her her book thing. And it was like a few days before she was like, it's going to be a half hour interview. It's on like Facebook Live. Do you want to do it? And I was like, oh, yeah. And it took 
zero effort. Uh, it took zero Because you're good at effort. this. And I, I, when you say you're good at this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I am. I think maybe a year or two ago I would have been like, but what does it matter if I'm, if I'm good at it? If this isn't, you know, and, yes. and it's like. This isn't my identity. Exactly. Mm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know? So that's like a, I, I, it's great to see that, like, you can be doing everything you're doing and enjoy it. Well, that's so true. I think, yeah, I, like you were even talking about, especially when you were like going to freelance and writing, I think we were talking about mm-hmm. the same thing almost like on a, we had both peeled less layers back mm-hmm. and we were just like starting the feeling of like. Yeah, you would just quit your job. Yeah. And I was just like, we we're both like peeling back and being like, okay, okay. I think I <laughs> so like now, like it, it's, it's nice to reflect on a year and be like, that's pretty fast for you to be like, yeah, I got it. Like. Got it in the bag, bitch. Like, yeah. fucking do this interview. And, Hell yeah. Yeah, and stop, like, saying no. That's huge. When things come to you. Big time. But I, something I want to talk with you about is dreams. Because you, I know, you know you're a movie star. And you've, I know you've said that, like, <laughs> hey, listen, there's just, you know, FYI, like, <laughs> I just know this. And, like, I know this is what I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And, and God, I had this moment last night. Thank you for letting me go off. You know, writing the solo show, I never thought I'd do anything like this. I never thought I'd write about my life, first of all. I always thought that I'd be writing comic books, which has yet to happen. And doing the solo show just came to me, and I've just shown up for it. And it's, like, also been – I don't want to say easy because I've been working nonstop. But it's definitely been – Flow. Yeah, it's not, like, me against the world. It's, like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. Last night – I was, we're two weeks out from the solo show. I was a little stoned last night. I was exhausted. And I watched the trailer for the new Wonder Woman. And I got like kind of emotional because I was like, God, I still, I still want to do this so badly. I still want to write these movies and oh, write these chills. stories. I, know. I have chills. And I'm like, I, I, I have faith that it can come to me still in a way that it hasn't before. And it won't be like in my early 20s where I was like, if I don't get this. By this time. It's over. Yeah. And maybe I should kill myself by the time I'm 27. But I don't know. I, It's very painful and it's very scary because you have this thing that you know about you. Maybe the world hasn't answered it the way you wanted it to. But maybe the world isn't supposed to. And you kind of have to, like, let it go, let it come back. And I'm just curious what your journey in your 20s has been like with your dreams. Sorry, wow. that's a huge, <laughs> huge Well, first of all, I love thing. it. We should, like, hold space for that iconic moment you had last night. Like, Thank that's you. incredible. My God. <laughs> it really is, though. It's, like, it's, it's growth to be, like, oh, this is possible. Like, the possibility is such a simple thing. But it opens up every door. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think believing in yourself is like genuinely what is 90% of it, not like luck or who you know or whatever. I'm like fucking like even Brad Pitt the other day like had a quote where it was like, like like so many people have a fuck like a job you want just because they believe in themselves and you don't like that you're more qualified for <laughs> you know because it's true oh yeah it's like and so yeah I think that's a huge revelation you had last night of just being like oh this is possible and like I I can't I, I it's not about not giving up but like. It's still a part of me, mm-hmm. one way or the other, and I yeah. have to, like, I don't know what it means, but I, I cannot just disavow it. Well, why and not? I can't cleave to it. Why not is the thing, you know? 
It's like, why can't that be for me? Why can't it? Right. You know, it's like, well, am I taking it from someone? No. Am I... Am I a fraud? No. Um, is it is it is it impossible? No. So why the fuck not? And it's the truth. Yeah. And I think I mean I genuinely think in the same way where I'm like I'm gonna be a star. Like I'm going to be. And I don't mean I'm just here for the fame or whatever. I'm here because like I want to do the projects that stars are in. You know, like yes. I want to fucking work with Meryl <gasps> Streep. I want to fucking work with Steve Carell. Like I can't wait to be challenged by these incredible actors yeah. and like bring forth a feeling on the screen that makes millions of people feel seen and heard. I have like so excited. And I think that genuine like spirit does bring forth these opportunities. And mm. I don't be fooled. It's not like I haven't been grinding my motherfucking ass off. Yeah. My whole, like, fuck. You've been in every audition in New York City. Every, oh my God, <laughs> name a show. I'm fucking there. And, um, and like, so it's like, yeah, like there is work to it, but like I am undeterred. But like, and it's not like the failures changed me or made me better or anything. I'm like, oh, that just wasn't it. <laughs> like, good practice, you know? Mm. Like, I didn't need to experience a rarity, whatever, like, that stuff is. Like, it's just like, great. Okay, yeah, I actually want to be in this an energy. I want to be someone actively trying. Like, Have there been periods when you have either been like, I don't know? Oh, or yeah, like, when absolutely. you've been like, maybe I need to let this go for a while to take care of myself or like anything there's, like that? There's only been one time <clears throat> where I was like, maybe I don't do any of this. Maybe I design clothes. <laughs> um, and that was like after like I was like, we're doing some serious sexual trauma work. <laughs> so like it lines up pretty tight. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. where I was like, maybe I can't be myself. <laughs> um, and my friends were like, okay, yeah. Do you want like a meeting with a fashion friend? Like, <laughs> and I was like, fuck. Do you remember when I thought I... I I was I was like, yeah, I'm not a writer. I think I'm going to be a casting director. You said it's something of like not being like... a writer, and I was like, okay. Because <laughs> 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 it, it was the same thing how I said it, where I was like, I'm going to work at fashion. And everyone was like, sure. you just like you just say yes, and you're like, okay, let them fight. Yeah, give her a week. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the only time I've ever been like stirred from the path. I mean, there's definitely been times where I haven't tried, like, mm. um, but it's always been my dream. Like, there's been times where I'm not pursuing it or I'm too depressed to or I am distracted by a relationship or something like sure there's been times where I've been off the path um but I think I have trust that ultimately like um these are my desires and my dreams and I know mm. I'm willing to work for them so um it's kind of impossible for them not to come true really though <laughs> No, you're, that's, you're right. <laughs> There's no reason. Yeah. And you do, I, I do think you have a real taste for it. Like, I do think when it comes to, like, a, an 80s Julia Roberts movie or Working Girl. I just or like watched, even, like, 10 Aaron Brockovich videos last oh night over God. and over again. Wow. Of, like, real movie stars. Because I actually think that the world right now is lacking movie stars. I know how, I'm how coming for you. Ridiculous that You know sounds. Florence Pugh? Is it Pugh or Pugh? Mm -hmm. Oh, she's coming. She's chosen. Oof. Well, she, so I good. think the only two movie stars in the world mm -hmm. of the new generation are Timothy love. and Zendaya, who will both be in Dune. But I love them so much. They're the only two, and I think Florence they love could the craft. take it. They genuinely love the craft. Exactly. As insufferable as the word the craft is, but like, bitch, they fucking love to act. And and will can can work any sort of mm -hmm. piece. And mm -hmm. and they're not yeah, exactly. There isn't kind of the bitterness and the cynicism, and they have that thing. And I actually yeah, like we were texting about working girl, about like Melanie's performance and about um 
Harrison Ford and stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, like the the world does kind of need those like unifying like this is for there's something in this for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And you can give that. Oh, my God. That's very nice. I believe. Thank you for your blessing. <laughs> well, I think about pieces and like who I want to be. And like I even look at like girls and Lita Dunham mm-hmm. and I'm like, like you got to act, but you spoke. You helped so many people. Like that's the projects I want to be a part of. Like she helped people. And I, I get it. She has all the criticism no, and like there's a lot of privilege. Sure. But like she there, made people think about something. Yes. Yeah. And like I want to be a part of those things. I think there's so many opportunities to be an actor, to be a creator and like help people heal. I'm fucking stoked on it, man. <laughs> and girls had a real the craft. There was a lot of craft of girls, but girls, you know, she cast a lot of actresses who the industry had kind of ditched. Yes. And she really you could see how much fun they had. Like Louise Lesser, Woody Allen, who was in, uh, I think, Bananas and was Woody mm-hmm. Allen's first or mm-hmm. second wife. Um, <laughs> she brought in like Rosanna Arquette, mm-hmm. like um, I, I'm forgetting the name of the actress who plays her mom, but who is like historic and yeah you could see there's like this real love of these kind of screen women and she got to cultivate that oh big time yeah i i think that's so exciting like i don't know what's coming but i'm excited did you see morning show no holy shit (laughs) holy shit it is so david is so good okay it is most compelling like most of the characters are unlikable like interesting in their own way so everyone's also likable. Like it is amazing. It is so good. And they also are talking about like um fucking Matt Lauer. Like they're talking about real shit amazing. in the workplace and like the nuance of, of harassment and like bitch, that is the type of project I wanna be working on. Like wow. that like talks about something has the fucking best actors on earth. Like, ooh, that's my dream. I'm rewatching for the nine hundredth time because it's like kind of my healing, is I'm rewatching Six Feet Under. I never saw. What's it about? You really, like, I think you kind of owe it to yourself. (laughs) It's like, I just can't believe it happened. I think, you know, a lot of attention goes to Sopranos and Sex and the City, deservedly. Six Feet Under is, like, the the quieter. But Six Feet Under, just, like, the acting and the writing. Really? It's, like, Rachel Griffiths, Michael C. Hall, um, Francis Conroy. Damn. And then Kathy Bates, Patty Clarkson. But, like, it's so... It's there's ju- it's so thought Patty. out. Patty, <laughs> she's a good friend. Yeah, like and uh, by the way, if I meet her, I will call her that to her face. Oh yeah, and I know she you will. will. Love it. Oh yeah, past life together. I okay. know. It. Like of course, it makes me so happy. Anyways, yeah, there is just this like this rigor and this like love to it. Okay, so while we're here, because this is my podcast and I can talk about whatever Hoo-dee-hoo! I want, <laughs> let's talk about Buffy. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> For my solo show, Buffy is. I'm so been excited a... for your solo show side note. Like, everyone, you have to. Is it coming out before your show? Yes. Oh my God. You guys all have to. Like, David's been working, but also, like, uh, like the, the guides, the stars, everyone's been working to, like, <sighs> like have this fucking, like, concentrated, potent power come out of you and be shared. And I'm so excited for Well, it. you were. You've been a huge part of the process generally, but you started a major part of this, which was we were at. Henry Kapersky's solo show, Magic Elf Lord, in October. And you made a reference to a Buffy episode where mm-hmm. you said, um, do you want to say it? Or oh, no, go ahead. Go you ahead, said, yeah. um, for a while there, I felt like when Buffy is in the mental institution and she doesn't know if her life as a vampire slayer is real or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Buffy 
is my Old Testament. It's my DNA. It, it pretty much raised me when my parents kind of were not raising me. And I haven't watched it in about seven years because in the last few years, it's become kind of like a nostalgia 90s pastiche thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who say they like it. And I've kind of been like, oh, it's not for me anymore. It's, it's dated. It's a weird passe identity now. It's like, yes. Okay. When you said that, I was like... It was the first, like, real reference to Buffy I've heard in years where I was like, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and then I, like, started revisiting, and out of that, uh, like, 60% of the solo show was <laughs> probably born. Um, so I just I just finished rewatching. Oh, um, you did the whole thing. You know, I, I there are some episodes I'm allowed to skip because yeah, I, I truly, I'm good, but... Um, <laughs> Specifically, yes, I did. I did an eighty percent rewatch of wow. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and often some episodes rewatch and Absolutely. then rewatch again. Absolutely. So I want to know about your relationship with Buffy. Oh my god, my relationship with Buffy. Well, first of all, yeah, that was like, and I've. It's so funny because there have been some people who understand when I to told them that reference because I do have I've always struggled with anxiety, and one of my anxieties was um, like, what if this like a, this world isn't real, right? Like it was like a. Not a psychotic break, but just, like, a true anxiety of, like, what if, you know, like, I am just a crazy person? What if I lost my mind and, like... Am I delusional? Yeah. And then my biggest problem with that wasn't that because I was like, okay, well, then I'm just crazy. My biggest problem was if this is the fantasy world, right? If I'm crazy, why the fuck aren't I the Slayer, you know? Mm -hmm. Why the fuck aren't I on top of the world? Why aren't I with Meryl right now, you know? And it's like, it's this impatience, it's this All like... All or nothing. Yes, it's this very black and white intensity that I was going through. And like, I've... And control too. Yes. Because you're like, well, my life isn't fitting the picture, yes. so it's, it can't, if this I'm isn't crazy, it. If like X, Y, Z, this should immediately happen. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I think I've really worked on assuaging that fear by just existing like, sure, like, well, what makes you happy right now? You know, like... It's like what, groundbreaking. Well, really, though, like I it's know, like what no, can I you know. control? Like I, I can't. I, I can control like performing, being myself, being seen, getting dressed, looking pretty. Like I love to do that shit. Do it, like <laughs> you know. And like instead of just being like, mm -hmm, yeah, which I do for years. Like I wouldn't get dressed. I wouldn't wear the outfits I want to wear. Same. And so yeah, it's that. Um, my relationship to Buffy. Um, my sister and I like we. Uh, genuinely would fall asleep to it every single night <laughs> okay um yes. starting in the seventh grade i was in the she was in the seventh so i was in the fifth and we had a tv and we shared a room and i'm not kidding like every single night at 4 a.m we'd wake up to the home screen of the four episodes and, <laughs> and like one of us would turn it off and that was every single night and that by time the time college rolled around, that turned into the office. Mm. So I do have an encyclopedic knowledge of the office, Amazing. but which is so funny. Like what a fucking like. <laughs> it feels like such a demographic. Like hi, I'm white. I'm from the Midwest. I'm upper middle class. Buffy in the office. <laughs> like, it's, it's, so I'm like slightly ashamed of that. But no, but the office has also become a pastiche. Yes, and of, like, there's memes. a difference. Yeah, the office just you you are not like just some um boring girl who like has a sales job no offense and who like <laughs> thinks that like john krasinski being twee in 2002 was like the peak of men being sensitive actually oh it wasn't God. you you People i think really like, actually enjoyed that. the comment i know it's 
It's oh no, the I can't even it, Angela It was dark. Angela Martin played by Angela Kinsey <laughs> is one of the funniest characters on planet fucking earth. Kevin, awesome. Speaking of Blake. <laughs> like, I fucking love her. She's you know, it's interesting <laughs> what you say that you say Buffy put you to uh, helped you go to sleep every night mm-hmm. because for me Waking up every morning is so traumatic. Sure. And it's so like I'm I'm so in Anne Frank mode of like, uh, what woke me up? Are the Germans oh, here? Oh God, trauma, fight or flight, baby. Exactly. Yeah. Buffy. Uh, <laughs> really, which was... really dark reference. I <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know that's so casual to me at this point. You know, Buffy FX would rerun Buffy every morning, uh, six a.m. and uh, seven a.m. and three p.m. and four p.m. So it would, I, it would. She was I. She was on. Mm. I was up and she was on. This is incredible. And the cadence, mm. the comfort. Exactly. I, I got, that's how I got to this point. Even rewatching it now, I was like, God, I know some of Allison Hannigan's, not just her lines, I know her inflection. Mm, yes, that was the thing. Yeah. Where it's, it's, becomes like your morning ritual. Oh, yeah. Or your even, it, it be, it's this like, comfortable world and there's this order to it and it like is really a challenging challenging text and it kind of Mm -hmm. grows with you which i didn't realize i thought like okay bitch it's over you know buffy's a thing of the past this last rewatch new level more profound than i ever could have imagined things things connected from when i was in sixth grade where i was like god that kid knew something and other things where i was like oh i completely missed this Wow. Especially the last three seasons, I think, Wait, are the most profound. Yeah. Was that, was sixth grade 19 years ago? Sixth grade was 19 years ago because sixth grade, which is season six of Buffy, was September 11th. Oh, wow. See, yeah. I love when people have the, the, like, the slumdog millionaire, like, because of that moment. At the, yes, <laughs> like, yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> dark, but okay. Um, but this is just a tie back into astrology. We don't have to stay here. Please. But um, this eclipse, the same degree, like cancer, this uh, lunar eclipse was 19 years ago. And so I was reading, Su- I'm not kidding, this is crazy. I was reading Susan Miller last night, and she was like, think to what you're doing. 19 years ago this time it's like oh my god you just referenced like this tie-in yeah like very cool that's and also i remember that was the year where i tried out for the school play and then i was like you know i actually don't want to do this i want to be at home playing with action figures and like in my solitude and it was so peaceful but i just wanted to like be with so that's interesting because Jupiter's in Capricorn right now, and I, I'm in that space again of like, wow. I want to be at home working. Yeah. I don't want to be out, out, out. Wow. Well, you found a new way to incorporate those things, right? Like that's yes. the shift. It's like you're still on the stage, but yes, it's almost right. like you're alone on the stage, which is totally chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, by the way, like lining up things more, like people are like, God, Buffy season six, it's too dark. It's like, well, what? yeah, September 11th happened. Like what? Oh, you think shit, they're not going to yeah. deal? Uh, I didn't realize are, the correlation of cultural. I didn't either until this last rewatch. I was like, wow. oh, yeah. It's literally Buffy waking up in her coffin being like, what the fuck. fuck just happened? As far as media goes around that time, I always just think of Reese Witherspoon hosting the first SNL back. Whoa. Super intense. With the mermaid sketch. That really was amazing. Intense. Like the, the <clears throat> emotional space she had to hold for the world. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Incredible woman. She is incredible. Oh, my God. She, she her versatility is amazing because incredible. if you think about election to the way we know mm, you know mm-hmm. through legally blonde that that she can tap into that she's so because she's also like um 
she's not the um, portrait of an overly emotional, um, sensitive actress woman. Like she's fire. Right. She is. She's strong. She is femininity in a new light, you know. And I really, I, I aspire to balance my feminine, masculine qualities in that way. Yeah, she. There is a masculinity. There, mm-hmm. there is kind of a hardness and a severity, and there is a resist. I mean, yes, she she can cater to the male gaze, but there's. It's almost like the the wheels are spinning too fast for it to ever like sag into male gaze. Yeah, um, languishing. Almost. Yeah, she. I just think she she's like herself and balanced and not because I find myself sometimes performing masculinity and intensity just to protect myself, right? And being intense and whatever, and like realizing what's internalized misogyny. Mm. And at least from my perspective, her masculinity feels like a balance with the femininity, but is also just herself. Instead of a reaction. I guess I have to tell you, I guess because I grew up with Buffy, I like took Sarah Michelle Gellar for granted just because she's like a part of me. But I that performance. Now you're talking about the body. (laughs) The body. The body is not her body. The body is an episode of Buffy, you guys. (laughs) I've just like it's there's nothing like that performance just Mm. in terms of like vulnerability, disgust. Bitterness, I could cry thinking about it. I genuinely could hardness, cry thinking. but also like yeah, yeah, I could too. I mean, it's there's just this like depth. Yeah, and and I I'm thinking about in season six when you know she's been brought because season six to me like especially and this is a big part of the solo show, but there's this episode when the, after she's been brought back from the dead where she's just like wearing this crisp white Oxford shirt and her hands are still bloody from clawing out of mm-hmm. her grave and she's just like dead behind the eyes. I have she's such just right like now. oh my god. <laughs> and then the disgust, you know, uh, Willow who brings her back from the dead like goes too far and overdoses on yes, magic yes. and Willow's like crying in her arms like I need help and there's this disgust on Buffy's face of oh like you fucking bitch. Are you fucking, look at what I'm fucking doing right now. Yeah, I have to take care you. of you. It's, yes! It's, it's devastating. She is, I, yeah. You know what I think that is victim to though is Sarah Michelle Gellar as a person isn't broody isn't like mm. like the male actor like the like god bless him but like the joaquin phoenix type the robert totally. pattinson type see like, what i'm doing like see yeah i'm tortured yeah. by this fuck mm. and it's like no she's like i mean she fucking got freddie prince she got kids like she got a good ass life she doesn't like dwell on the identity of being an actor she's just a good fucking actor yeah and a workhorse yeah, and this isn't to criticize the people who are because that's just you know maybe how they are but i think when it comes to women and their comparisons of like being identified as an actress you have to embody the part and act 24-7. Well, yeah, and I think women don't... I don't think anyone ever asks women about their craft the mm-hmm. way that people immediately assume that men mm. have, well, look, he's doing something interesting. See, yes. what is he doing? Yeah, it is more like, well, I'm thinking about Kathy Bates or Patty Clarkson. It's yes. like, okay, what are we doing next? Well, Hand it to I, me. I mean, I unfortunately just referenced him in uh, as an example of this, and I take that back because I think Robert Pattinson did his interview with J-Lo on Actors on Actors, okay. and he was like, she was like, <laughs> she, she was talking about being method and asked him if he was ever method. And my favorite quote, so yes, discount him from the reference earlier because his quote was, um, he was like, I f- think you'll find people only ever are method when they're playing an asshole. Oh my God, that's amazing! And I was like, "Rob, thank yes, you. like thank, thank you. you, thank you." Speak to that. Speak to your people, your straight white male people. Like, 
it was that I really appreciated. I felt very strongly about that. So because people do approve that in men, but if a woman oh, was yeah. to be in character and method all the time and be like fucking psycho bitch, totally. Well, if you think about like Age of Innocence, we have Daniel Day Lewis and we have Michelle Pfeiffer, who are equals. But Daniel Day Lewis is seen as an actor's actor. He's method, blah blah blah. Michelle Pfeiffer is just Michelle Pfeiffer. She's hot. But she's yeah. fucking. It's like, no, she's a she fucking serves incredible it. actress. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, and <sighs> it. And it's hard because I find in the dialogue about inequality, it does sound tend to sound like you're criticizing the male for that. It's like, I'm not. Daniel Day-Lewis is great. He yeah. deserves that. Both of them deserve that. Exactly. It's the discourse around... Exactly. Yeah, that women aren't afforded. So 50-50... But, sorry, Sarah Michelle Alert. No, no, no. Yes, back to your point of, like, she's incredible. No, I'm glad... You're one of those people where I'm like, if I send this this person a text about... Um, you know, seeing red or dark willow, like she'll get it. Oh yeah, immediately. Oh god, there's another part I want to talk to you about, but it's it. actually it's in my solo show, oh. and I'm just I'd rather behind the paywall, baby. This is behind the paywall. Yeah, exactly. No telling them. I'd rather people just come see mm-hmm. it um, from the season six finale, but um, and the season five finale and the seasons. Okay, oh I'll my tell god, you, I'll I'm tell so you. excited. <laughs> I've written a lot of essays, but um, okay, so I want to just get back because. Uh, so people know 5050 Animation is going to the UK. Yes. So 5050 Old School Animation is going to Bristol. It's a, I don't know the name of the festival. It's a festival in Bristol in mid-May. I'm very ingenue in that way where I don't know any of my dates. <laughs> Some might call that irresponsible. I say ingenue. Um, but, uh, oh, fuck. But I'm excited because when we, we went to Germany last year. Fuck, were the Germans so cool. Like, I'm obsessed. They all, like, it's in another language, and they all understood it. They took away more things from it than I had even yeah, taken. Yeah, they're for it. Yes, and they all were, like, so open to the interpretation. Like, my character, a lot of people in the U.S., when we saw it, like, they thought it was exploitative. They thought it was, you know, um, trying to get a reaction. Because um, my ba- character, disclaimer, has some, like, self-violence in it. <laughs> I'm okay, don't worry. But um, people are really triggered by it. And we do tell people before, like, this is a fucked up thing. Like, if you think these themes might not be great for you, yeah. like, dog. Um, <laughs> but uh, what I really appreciated, instead of being, like, offended by it, the German audiences were, like, like sympathetic to my character in a way that American audiences had not been. So I'm excited to see what the UK does. So interesting. How co- I'm like I'm sitting here so grateful. Like I get to talk about like a traveling play. I mean, that's so cool. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm really grateful for that. Um, because I yeah I fucking love the damn stage and like it's a fucked up piece, but it feels like I'm, um, uh, receiving critical feedback, which is what I appreciate most. I think you know part of the reason I think Fleabag was such a sensation here, besides the fact that it's amazing. I think. Americans right now are having a hard time reconciling with white women mm. and w- women generally. Real, yeah. Not that that's new, but I think w- when we see someone from another country telling the same stories about the same thing that we go through, there's a little more dissonance. Yeah. And I think like... Wow, that's such a good point. Yeah, so maybe it's good that you get to go to other countries and get a different point of view and maybe a more objective or like a little more removed point of view because I I bet when Americans come in to see you in an American theater, they're bringing all their shit and all, all the things that you bring out that they see in themselves probably makes them angry. And uncomfortable, and that's, that's amazing. So that, I mean, some people are like, "Well, the, my first, the first character, Julia, 
God, she's such an amazing actress. She plays like uh, what it's up to debate whether or not you believe that they're, she's a sociopath. Mm. And I think it's a hard choice when you're watching it, but like her character is so unnerving and the house lights are up when she's performing so she can see everyone and she looks at everyone. <laughs> and like people, I'll have people like not talk to like, which I find really rude, but like they'll come up after like, fuck your friend, fuck her. I'm not talking to her. And I'm like, do you want to meet Julia? And they're like, fuck her. I'm like, dog. That's not Julia. Like, that's not who she is. Wow. But they'll genuinely be like, your friend sucks. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> calm down. She is one of the kindest caring people ever. But they are so viscerally affected by her character that they cannot peel her from that. That's amazing. I know. She's so good. And, like, God, it, she keeps it at the same tone the whole time for a half hour, which is so difficult to do. And people, I just wish people could understand how talented because like fuck it's incredible but then my character is a millennial i talk fast right we know that we hear this right now Hello. my character talks 800 times faster than me <laughs> and <laughs> like what is the section like okay well i went into the thing but i don't know like it is like imagine that for 25 minutes the british will love that by yeah for sure uh but 25 minutes of that and then me breaking the fuck down and losing my mind like American audiences are like, burn her, <laughs> like kill her, because <laughs> like, it is. It's like it's that girl sitting next to you at like a restaurant talking too loud and too fast that you're like, shut the fuck up. Yes. Pisces, yeah. <laughs> Break down a minute. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, you guys. I talk too much. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Me on this podcast. Did I talk too much, David? <laughs> no, 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 I'm teasing. I, I don't do not feel that, but okay, it's so good. peak Pisces. Um, so trying is every other week. It's yes, always sold out. So be sure to get there early. I hope you guys can come. Um, where can people be following you? They can be following me um <clears throat> on uh Instagram. Yes, <laughs> I think your stories are. Historic. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love stories. They're, yeah, they're you disposable. really and and the seven a.m. kind of six thirty a.m. stories mm-hmm. especially are yeah. some of the best. I mean, the streets are empty. I can dance. <laughs> um, my my Instagram handle is m e a u x p a s mopal. Um, I don't. I have a secret Twitter where I follow like four people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a meme account. I don't have Twitter. It's too much. Fuck all. <laughs> fuck all this free content y'all get. Fuck that. No, no way. I'm not giving you my jokes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I love yours. Everyone keep tweeting. <laughs> um, that's all I got. I got Instagram. And that, I hope to delete that one day. <laughs> or have an assistant who runs it. Yeah, where it's like, Mo, congrat- like congratulate Mo on her Emmy nod. <laughs> and then I'm like. <laughs> Mo endorses Smartwater. I know. my like my. like I'm going to have a secret instead that's like 69824 underscore underscore underscore. Hi, it's Mo. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dark. I can't wait. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna comment on all of your posts trolling. <laughs> You're gonna be like, stop it. I love that. Um, this is probably like my favorite episode. This is so fun. I well, you and I have fun together. Guys, this is what's called chemistry. You can't find chemistry. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I love you very much. Thank you for having me. I love you so much. Everyone, come to David's show. I'm genuinely, like, I have had it in my calendar for months now. Whenever you said the date, I'm so excited. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode of The Luminaries, let me know. Give me a five-star rating on iTunes. Write a glowing encomia. Share it on your Instagram stories. Email it to your Aunt Joan. And help make this series bigger and better with every episode. 
Thank you for listening and let's grow together. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye.